So when you hear that cry in the sky... Hi, folks. The program originally canceled for this time will now be heard. Better McGee and Molly! Well, hello. Come right in. Oh, George, we've got company. Well, it's Tuesday night again. Time for another pleasant visit with George Burns and Gracie Allen. Ladies and gentlemen, after ten years, radio gets its revenge. We now present a program that will scare Orson Welles. <laughs> From Hollywood, Procter & Gamble brings you the Red Skelton Show, starring Red Skelton, Dave Rose and his orchestra, The Four Knights, Verna Felton, Lorene Tuttle, Pat McGee, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. And now, here is your guide to these adventures of the mind... There is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you this morning. OCR Now, here is OCR McGee. Huh? We have an extra room. Good for us. I guess I'll call the club and see who's hanging around. Maybe we could rent it to some war worker or somebody. You know, rooms are awful scarce in town now. On the other hand, if I could just find one pigeon to play gin rummy with, I'd... Rent what? The back room. Wouldn't be any trouble and might bring in eight or ten dollars a week. We can't rent that back room. I got my moose head in there. <laughs> Put the moose head in Uncle Dennis's room. He won't mind. Why should he? He's even glassier eyed than the moose. Now you stop picking on Uncle Dennis. He only uses it for medicinal purposes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw him sitting in a medicine cabinet on Oak Street last night. <laughs> That guy in the white coat must have been the intern. <laughs> hey, everyone, it's OTR Rob, welcoming you to the first episode of Fibber McGee and Molly. This episode is from September 28, 1943, and it looks like Molly has an idea of taking in a border to kind of make ends meet, and there's a housing shortage, if you might not know, and you probably don't because you didn't live then, neither did I. <laughs> And what you probably don't know, too, is that last season, Vivian McGee and Molly lost two critical characters. One was Mr. Wimple, and the other was Gail Gordon, who played Mayor Latrivia. And they went off to war, but they added Doc Gamble towards the end of last season, played by Arthur Q. Bryan. So he'll take up some of the slack, and Shirley Mitchell will take up Another part of the, will become part of the household of Peter McGee and Molly. And there's a, another actor coming in to play Uncle Dennis. And another character, which I can't think of right now. And I can't even think of the actor's name. But I will have that information for you next week. But anyway, it's great to have Fibber McGee and Molly back, and I hope you enjoy these episodes. And after this will be the Red Skelton Show from 1948 from almost a month earlier. So I will have to double up on the Red Skelton Shows or do something to make sure I play all of them. And after Red Skelton will be Burns and Allen, and then that will round out my show for 1943 and 48 and i'll be back next week with more fibber molly red and burns and allen <laughs> the johnson wax program with fibber mcgee and molly
The makers of Johnson's Wax, Johnson's Carnew, and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. you folks haven't noticed it, the month of September is almost gone. In lots of homes, heating plants have already been in operation. In many others, they soon will be. What happens when the heat comes on? Well, for one thing, there's less moisture in the air, and everything tends to dry out. Also, there's apt to be more dirt in the house. And those are two important reasons why good housekeepers make sure every fall that their floors, furniture, woodwork, and leather goods are all protected with a coat of Johnson's Wax. The wax helps to keep wood and leather surfaces from drying out. In this way, it acts as a preservative, a protection for so many things around the house. Your floors, your tabletops, windowsills, Venetian blinds, and your luggage and other leather articles. It makes your daily and weekly house cleaning so much easier because dirt just doesn't cling readily to a Johnson waxed surface. Today, it pays to protect your things with genuine Johnson's wax. Entirely aside from the fact that a regular use of this wax polish adds great beauty to every room in your home. Ready, friends? Well, here they are again at 79 Wistful Vista, Fibber McGee and Molly. days, McGee. Sit down and relax. Oh, Jesus. Stop your pacing. If you can't consider my nerves, think of the shoe coupons. Well, I can't help it, Molly. I'm just full of spent-up energy. <laughs> I'm restless as a kitten. Well, how a man who gets as much rest as you do can be restless is beyond me, dearie. What do you want to do? I don't know. I just want to... <laughs> what was that? What was what? Listen. Oh, that's that Great Dane that belongs to the people next door. Great Dane? Sounded like a horse to me. I know. They've been feeding him so much horse meat he when he's at the moon. Did you know they've taken in a rumor next door? Yes, I've seen her going in and out. Hmm? Very attractive girl, too. What does she do? She's a procrastinator at a burlesque show downtown. A hmm? procrastinator? Yeah, yeah. She puts things off. <laughs> Hey, I wonder if there's any of the gang down at the club. I could lick my weight in cribbage players tonight. McGee. Huh? We have an extra room. Good for us. I guess I'll call the club and see who's hanging around. Mike. Maybe we could rent it to some war worker or somebody. You know, rooms are awful scarce in town now. And on the other hand, if I could just find one pigeon to play gin rummy with, I'd... Rent what? The back room. Wouldn't be any trouble and might bring in eight or ten dollars a week. We can't rent that back room. I got my moose head in there. <laughs> Put the moose head in Uncle Dennis's room. He won't mind. Why should he? He's even glassier-eyed than the moose. Now, you stop picking on Uncle Dennis. He only uses it for medicinal purposes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw him sitting in a medicine cabinet on Oak Street last night. <laughs> uh, 
That guy in the white coat must have been the intern. <laughs> give me the phone, Molly. I'm going to call the club. Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me the Elks Club at 7900. Is that you, Mert? Oh. How's every little thing, Mert? Is, eh? What say, Mert? You did. Had a nice saddle of mutton and somebody swiped it. Well, I should think you would be, Mert. Would be what, dearie? Saddle sore. <laughs> what say, Mert? They don't? Well, they didn't hear either. <laughs> Oh, well, probably got a big game going on down at the club and took the receiver off the hook. Well, thanks anyway, Mert. No answer. You know, if there was somebody in that back room, there'd always be somebody here if we wanted to go out at night. Go out where? Oh, to a dinner or movie or something. Oh, let's go to the movies. All right. Say, why don't we stay here and listen to the radio? Bob Hope is on tonight, you know. Oh, I think that guy's a phony. What? You can't tell me he makes that stuff up as he goes along. Say, did you hear him last week kidding Mrs. Roosevelt about traveling so much? Yeah. He was just sore because he had to come home before she did. <laughs> Boy, did you see that pan of his on the cover of Time magazine? No, was it good? Good. Did you ever see a relief map of the High Sierras? <laughs> I'll tack a necktie under it and you got hope. <laughs> I always thought he was a young guy. Oh, no, I don't think so. I read someplace about a golf match he played and it said he was in the 70s. No. <laughs> It's pretty gutsy of an old guy like that to go booming around in a bomber <laughs> What movie do you want to see? You select one Okay, let's go to the Fallon What do they got? They got the best candy of any theater lobby in town <laughs> Let's go, what do you say? All right, dearie, I'll powder my nose and get my purse I'll be with you in just a minute Ah, there goes a good kid Best wife a man ever had What was that? Oh, nothing Yes, sir. If I had it all to do over, I'd marry her again as quick. Even if her old man still thought I was a no-good bum. She's the one that always... Ah, dear. Hope that ain't Doc Gamble. He's a bigger bore than the big-inch pipeline. Come in. Hi, mister. Oh, hi, sis. (laughs) Well, whatever your business is, if any, make it snappy if possible, because we're going to the movies if it ain't too crowded. Oh, why don't you go to your film, mister? Why? They got Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Oh. Boy, is that a dilly. Hmm. Willie Toop sat behind me and couldn't even see the picture on account of my hair was standing on end all the time, I bet you. <laughs> well, I guess I'm too sophisticated for that stuff, sis. I go for the polite drawing room comedy type of stuff like that there myself. Oh, yeah? Don't give me that, mister. Last Saturday, I saw you sit through a hop-along Cassidy Western three times. And when you came out, you were walking bow-legged. Well, that wasn't from watching the picture. I'd stopped in on my way home from the grocery and was sitting there with a sack of potatoes between my knees. Now, look, sis, we got to be going, so if you don't mind, I will... Gee, you know, I go to the movies all the time, mister. You do? I was to one this app. They had Frankie Sinatra in person. Hmm. <laughs> Thrills you right down to your bobby socks, eh? Oh, brother. I guess I'm just a slick chick, mister. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you are, but you can't roost here. We're going out. Okay, I'll go. My uncle's home anyway, and I want to see him. You know, he's a stomach gunner in a flying fortress. <laughs> You don't mean a stomach gunner, sis. The correct term is... Please now, mister. 
There's a lady present. Okay, lady. Now, now, scram, will you? Sure. My uncle's more fun to talk to anyway. Oh. And boy, do those aviators eat. You know, he had seven scrambled eggs for breakfast. Wow. How did your mother feel about that? Oh, she don't care. She says that's life. Out of the frying pan into the flyer, she says. So long, mister. Give me two tickets to the main floor. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, how much is the main floor? Sixty-five cents, sir. How much are the loges? Loges are eighty-five cents, sir. What? Eighty-five cents for loge seats? Are they studded with diamonds or something? <laughs> the loge seats are upholstered, sir. So what? So am I, but I don't nick myself eighty-five cents every time I sit down. <laughs> now, McGee, stop arguing and buy a couple of tickets. You're holding up the line. Now, don't hurry me, Molly. I'm fighting for a principle here. Now, look, sis, you know and I know that 85 cents per load seats is ridiculous. It's inflationary. Let's see your ceiling prices. There are no seats on the ceiling, sir. <laughs> the second balcony is as close as you can get. Oh, a smarty skirt, eh? Well, how much are balcony seats? 50 cents, sir. 50 cents for balcony seats? Why, how you can see better from up there than you can from the main floor. And you charge less. Now, that don't make sense, sis. Now, look at here. Oh, dear. Heavenly days, McGee, you're keeping 40 people waiting. So what? I'm fighting for them as much as I am for myself. Hey, I know one of the stagehands here. Let's go see the picture from backstage. Don't be silly. We wouldn't understand a word from behind the screen. Why, the sound would be backward. Huh? Oh. Oh, All right, all right, all right. Quit pushing back there. Now, take it easy. The theater ain't going anywhere. Give me two main floor seats, sis. I have some money if you're short, McGee. Thanks, I got the exact change. Here, sis, $1.31. Well, that's one cent too much, sir. Yeah, I know. I'm giving you a penny for your thoughts. <laughs> and that's the biggest profit you'll ever make. Come on, Mrs. McGee. I don't think you're very nice to that girl, McGee. She didn't do anything. Well, gee whiz. I never like to buy anything unless I dick her a while. <laughs> Argon is one of the few luxuries you can buy these days. You lead the way, dearie. My eyes are no good in the dark. Okay. Hang on to my coat. 
Oh, dear, it's as gloomy as a broadcast from Berlin. Here's two seats, Molly, right in there. Police! Oh, oh I'm sorry, sis. <laughs> Come on, Molly, maybe farther down. In here, McGee, that's it. Huh. Huh. Nice timing, the feature's just over. I hope there's a newsreel tonight. Yeah? I always like to see them new battleships sliding down into the water. Yeah. <laughs> always reminds me of my fat Uncle Herman getting into the bathtub. <laughs> he was one of those guys that... Quiet, dear. You're disturbing people. Oh, let him go. Oh, lucky you. A newsreel. Where are you going, McGee? I forgot to get some candy. I'll be right back. Hold the seat for me. All right, but hurry now. Hey, hey, Usher, where's the candy display? Uh, never mind. Oh, I see it. Well, now hello, pal. Wilcox. Well, well. As the fellow says to the ration board when they gave him another A card, long time no see. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fibber, where's Molly? Inside. I just come out to get a hunk of candy. What are you doing loafing around this theater lobby? I'm waiting to talk to the manager. You know Sigmund Wellington? Siggy? Oh, sure. He's secretary of the Chamber of Commerce. Kind of a dope. Well, I don't agree with you, as usual. Huh? I think Wellington's a pretty bright guy. He's been around, too. Managed theaters all over the state of Texas. Yeah, well, that's what he says. Two will get you ten that he thinks the panhandle is a facial massage. What you want to see him about, anyway? Well, it's confidential. Oh, come on, you can tell me. You know how I am, Junior. Telling me a secret is just like whispering it to your little pillow on your little trundle bed. I know. There'll always be a slip on it. <laughs> oh, come on. What you want to see Wellington about? You won't say anything? Cross my heart. Okay. Mm -hmm. Look, it's about the other theaters in town. Yeah? Yeah. They can't understand how he manages to keep all his woodwork and these paneled walls and the doors and everything so gleaming and shiny when help is so hard to get. They think he's holding out on them. What's the secret, Junior? Well, it really isn't any secret, pal. Yeah? Anybody can buy Johnson's wax. And there's nothing like it to protect and beautify all wood and enamel surfaces. Yeah? And particularly in a theater with thousands of people passing through every day, smudging everything with fingerprints. Oh. Why, Johnson's wax is the answer to a theater manager's prayers. Um, you're not just saying that to try and sell more Johnson's wax. <laughs> You see, Wellington is the only married theater manager in town. His wife told him all about Johnson's and how it saves her hours of housework and guards against dust and dampness. That's how he got ahead of those other fellows. Well, what are your plans, Junior? Well, I'm going to ask Wellington to ask his wife to tell the other theater managers about Johnson's wax. Hmm. Well, look. Yeah? Why don't you tell him about it? Well, doggone me, I never thought of that. Gee, thanks, pal. I've still got time to call on all of them tonight. I'll see you later. That guy pulled my leg as often as I suspect him of pulling it I'd be 19 feet tall <laughs> Oh, well uh, Hey, sis, give me a chocolate bar Oh, what kind, sir? Oh, give me a... Oh, Henry, I'm in a literary mood <laughs> That will be five cents, sir uh, Price is no object, sis Now, let me see Five cents, five... Uh-oh, I bought the tickets with the last bit of change I had. Uh, hold the candy a minute, sis. I gotta get some dough for my wife. I'll be right back. Well, hello there, McGee. Oh, Doc Gamble. Hi, Doc. 
What are you doing? Buying some candy to build up your strength so you can pull yourself out of your rocking chair that you've got wedged in on account of getting so pudgy with too much candy? Ah, don't give me that routine, Doc. Hey, where you been all summer? I haven't seen you around. Took my first rest and vacation in 30 years. Went hunting out in Wyoming. Ah, great country, Wyoming. I and Stein Hemingway used to go hunting around out there. You and who? I and Stein Hemingway. You know, Ernest Hemingway. Writes movies. Oh, yeah. Kid's got a great future. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I always told him. Stein, I says, those movies you've been writing are pretty good, I says. That, that farewell to arms and for whom the bell tolls. But why don't you settle down and write a book? That's what I... That's what I like about you, McGee. Always inspiring people to do things. Oh, well, sucks. They'll do it sometime, too, and we'll find your body stuffed in a culvert. You've got a morbid sense of humor, Doc. How was the hunting out in Wyoming? Great, great. Never felt better in years. Dropped 15 pounds the first day out. Yeah? What'd you do? Lose your knapsack? <laughs> Hey, Doc, you got a nickel on you? I just discovered I didn't have any change. Sorry, my boy. All I have is some big bills. You're telling me. <laughs> well, I'll go back in and get some dough from Molly. Are you going in the theater? No, no, I just got a phone call. Oh. Got to rush across town and tell some darn fool that his daughter, that he thinks is going to be a son, won't be here for another week. Oh. See you later. So long, Doc. Hey, uh, uh, hold that candy bar for me, will you, sis? I'll be right back as soon as I get a nickel from my wife. Dad dreaded to miss the newsreel. Now, let's see. Where was Molly? Uh, hey, psst, hand me your purse, quick. Ah! Oh, what the... Oh, my gosh, I'm in the wrong aisle. Help, purse snatcher. Why the there dirty rat? They'll lynch me up to the nearest lamppost. My, my. For goodness sakes, what happened? Oh, I went for candy. No money. Came back. Wrong aisle. Asked some woman for her purse. Thought it was you. Phew. <laughs> so I... Mm, company coming. Don't open that door. Don't let him in. They'll mob me. Oh. Answer the phone. Uh, you answer. Uh, I'll move the door in front of the desk. I mean the desk in front of the mob. Uh, the phone. I'll answer the desk. You hold it. That woman... Man and Pistol Pack and Mama. Listen to the story of a gal that's known as Mame. She shot me with a 44, I'll never be the same. Oh, lay that pistol down, babe, lay that pistol down. Pistol Pack and Mama, lay that pistol down. Take it from me, you should never flirt with a woman down there. This way, cause if and you do, I'm a telling you, here's what you'll be having to say. Lay that old pistol down, babe, lay that old pistol down. Pistol pack and mama, lay that pistol down. Oh, happy made a batch of corn and the revenuers came. They're drawn. 
Uh, I wish that phone would stop ringing. It, it makes my nervous. Well, anyway, the crowd seems to have quieted down. Answer it, Molly. Tell them they got the wrong number. That wouldn't help. They'd just try again. Uh-huh. Palace Theater, Molly McGee speaking. Who? Just a moment. McGee, do you know anybody named Bottlenose Gilroy? <laughs> Bottlenose Gilroy? Why, sure. He's the stagehand I know that works here. Well, he says you can unlock the door now. The mob is under control and the manager wants to come in. Oh, swell. Tell Bottlenose okay. Hello, Mr. Bottlenose. Uh, thank you very much. We'll open the door. Yes, thank you. Uh-huh. Oh, hi, Wellington, old man. Sure, I'm glad to see you. Oh, is everything under control? Yeah. My, my. <laughs> of course, madam, everything is under control. Any theater manager who is unversed in mob psychology is unworthy of his salt, which is an old expression derived from ancient times when salt was an extremely valuable commodity. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I caused such a disturbance in your flicker tent, Wellington, but it was strictly inadvertible. What happened was I mistook some old grab bag for Molly in the dark and asked her for her purse. She yipped like a banshee and the battle was on. <laughs> a significant demonstration of war nerves, my dear fellow. It is an apt illustration, if I may say so. <laughs> may I say so? Well, indeed you may. Thank you. It is an apt illustration of a current wave of irresponsible hoodlumism. <laughs> we of the theater are deeply perturbed at the unmannerly conduct of some of our, shall we say... Patrons? <laughs> Gee, let's. Uh, patrons. <laughs> Speaking for the community as a whole, and this community is one of the worst holes I've ever... Uh, <laughs> practically beside the point, I shall continue. What I mean to say is something must be done to combat this epidemic of hoodlum-ism. <laughs> Otherwise... And I say that advisedly. Otherwise, many responsible executives, of whom, of which, of who, and I am one of them, <laughs> might be forced to seek other means of livelihood. I see. You mean if you can't control your customers, you're liable to get fired, huh? Admirably, if somewhat brutally put, madam. And now, if I may quote almost any radio announcer... And now, charming as this has all been, I must ask you to relinquish possession of my sanctorum, sanctum, sanctor. Hmm. <laughs> okay, bud, okay. Furthermore, we'll let you have your office back. <laughs> Thanks for the use of the bomb shelter. That's all right. Excuse me very much. A moment. Mm, hello. Yes? I, what, purple umbrella? I shall have the, the usher look for it. Don't mention it, madam. Goodbye. Somebody lose something? Someone is always losing something in the theater, madam. Oh. We find so many lost articles that, as I often say, that is, <laughs> quite often, uh, at closing time, my office closely resembles the city dump. <laughs> and now... Okay, okay, uh, we're going, bud. Thanks for everything, and don't apologize for us being so badly scared in your theater. No. Just slip us a couple of passes sometime. That'll square it. <laughs> You're sweet. Good night. Good night, Mr. Wellington. Oh, my. Shall we go home, McGee? Oh, I want to see the rest of the show. Come on, let's go.
missed the newsreel again. <laughs> Let's go home. Fine, we can come back next week. Yeah, what's the next feature? Heaven can wait for two weeks. <laughs> they say it's a very good picture. Hey, Molly, Molly, look. There's Latrivia. Well, heavenly days. Hello, Mr. Latrivia. Hello, Molly. Hello, McGee. Nice to see you. Well, how's everything in the Coastal Guard, Latrivia? And what are you doing in town? Sailing the bounding Main Street? No. No, I came to see Mr. Wellington, the manager of the theater. Do you know him? Oh, quite well. Yeah, I went to school with him, Latrivia. He and I slept in the same geometry class. <laughs> Pal of yours? Oh, no, no. I'm seeing him on business for the Coast Guard. At every performance next week, we're putting on a recruiting talk. You need more men? We need more women. That's a kind of a chronic complaint with sailors, ain't it, Latrivia? <laughs> this is a recruiting campaign for the spas, McGee. Oh. That's the women's division of the Coast Guard. And a wonderful organization for women between 20 and 36 who really want to do something in this war. I have a selfish interest, I'll admit, because every woman who joins relieves a man for frontline duty. I know how you must feel, Mr. Latrivia. Where do the spas train? At the Biltmore Hotel in Palm Beach, Florida. Oh, Ooh, gee, honest? Must be wonderful to stay at a swell hotel like that and pay off in salutes. <laughs> hey, how much jewelry are those spars allowed to wear, Latrivia? Oh, I don't know. Just the essential minimum, I suppose. Why? Oh, just wondered if they were allowed to wear planking bracelets and stuff. You don't want spars that jingle, jangle, jingle. <laughs> <laughs> don't you get it, kids? Uh, the joke lies in the similarity of sound between spar and spur. And... Ain't funny, McGee. <laughs> really? I thought it rather amusing. <laughs> Say, uh, what do spars do in the Coast Guard, Mr. Latrivia? Well, they act as chauffeurs, cooks, stewards, bookkeepers, teletype and telephone operators, and a hundred other things. Almost everything but actually manning the boats. You're going to be in conference very long. Maybe you could come home with us and have a cup of coffee. Well, thank you very much. But some other time, Mrs. McGee. Uh, good night. Good night. Good night, McGee. McGee, Coast Guardsman Latrivia said good night. Huh? Oh, 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 excuse me. I was thinking. About what? Women being sailors. Must be strange to have a sweetheart with a mustache in every port. <laughs> oh, well, times do change. <laughs> now, good night, Latrivia. See you soon, I hope. Yeah. Well, come on, McGee. We've had enough excitement for one evening. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, pardon me, sir. Do you still want this candy bar? Uh, oh. <laughs> All right, sis. Say, I do it that. Uh, give me a nickel, Molly. Sorry, dearie, I can't. Why not? I forgot to tell you, but during the confusion, somebody snatched my purse. Somebody snatched my purse. Oh, sure. If this were a quiz show, I might be asking you this question. What do children and dogs and delivery boys have in common? And if I told you it had something to do with your kitchen floor, I'm sure you'd have the answer right away. Sure, they all track in dirt and rain and snow onto that floor, and you're the little woman who has to clean it up. Of course, if your floor is protected with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, you just relax and say, oh, what's the difference? Because you know that a damp cloth will wipe up those tracks and that dirt in a jiffy. And the linoleum itself will not be harmed because the glow coat keeps it safe. Yes, it saves in two ways. Saves you work and saves your linoleum. The regular use of glow coat makes linoleum last six to ten times longer. And you know, of course, that Johnson's glow coat is self-polishing. It needs no rubbing or buffing. You simply apply and let dry. Glow Coat keeps linoleum colors fresh and bright, and that's a good point, too. Wherever you have linoleum floors, in the kitchen or the bathroom or the front entrance, it will pay you to protect them with Johnson's self-polishing Glow Coat. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's nice to be back with you again for another season, and we're very happy to announce that we'll have with us this year that live wire with the deadpan, our old friend and yours, 
Ransom Sherman. Yes, and we're looking forward to the next 38 weeks. How many, Molly? 38. Only 38 shows to go. <laughs> My gosh, how the time flies. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This program has reached you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Yes, it's the Red Skelton Show, brought to you by Tide, Procter & Gamble's amazing new discovery for your whole family wash. Tide's in. Dirt's out. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. Any soap? Yes, any soap. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. T-I-D-E, Tide. Hey, everyone, this is OTR Rob, welcoming you to the Red Skelton Show. This episode is from September 3rd, 1948. And I highlighted the Tide commercial at the beginning of the episode because this is the 70th anniversary of Tide. And Procter & Gamble, just after the war, discovered a new type of byproduct that was not soap but acted like soap and actually got clothes cleaner without any kind of film whatsoever. And uh, it was revolutionary for its time, and Tide is still... The number one laundry soap in the nation and in the country today. No soap even comes close to it. And even during this time frame, washers didn't have a rinse cycle. They had to go through a wringer in order to wring all the water out. That would come in about two years' time when they would have a laundry machine that could do both wash and rinse dry or near dry. So enjoy this episode of the Red Skelton Show, and I'll be listening along with you just to see how funny Red is. And he seems like he's already wound up in 1948. Ladies and gentlemen, after ten years, radio gets its revenge. We now present a program that will scare Orson Welles. <laughs> From Hollywood, Procter & Gamble brings you the Red Skelton Show, starring Red Skelton, Dave Rose and his orchestra, The Four Knights, Verna Felton, Lorene Tuttle, Pat McGee, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. Yes, it's the Red Skelton Show, brought to you by Tide, Procter & Gamble's amazing new discovery for your whole family wash. Tide's in. Dirt's out. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. Any soap? Yes, any soap. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. T-I-D-E, Tide. <laughs> And here is Metro Golden Mayor's Southern Yankee, the star of our show, Red Skelton.
Thank you very much, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How are you, Rod? Fine, Red. You know, it's great to be back on the air with yeah, you. Yeah, tell me, what, did you have fun this summer? No, I've been as busy as a beaver. Yeah, I thought your front teeth looked a little sharper. <laughs> There's a brilliant line to start off. Yes, sir, boy, a few jokes like that's going to make Proctor think they're taking a gamble. <laughs> I'm proud of that. <laughs> I'll laugh at that myself. <laughs> hey, uh, what'd you do this summer, Rod? Oh, never mind about me, Red. What about you? Did you have a nice vacation? Oh, I r- really had a vacation. It's my first in 20-odd years. You're really odd, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I should have offered Don Wilson more money. <laughs> well, uh, really, I, I've, I did everything that I've always wanted to do. Well, what was one of the things that you wanted to do? Well, go camping. You mean you've never been camping before? Well, yeah. In 1943, I went camping, but a staff sergeant kind of spoiled it. (laughs) I think the boy's back again now. Uh, This summer was different, though. You got a nice tan. That's not a tan. That's just the color I turned after the mosquitoes drained all the blood out of me. The mosquitoes were bad. Why didn't you use mosquito netting? (laughs) It didn't work. (laughs) The big... (laughs) The big mosquitoes sat on the outside and pushed the little ones through. Did you know that only the female mosquitoes will bite? Hmm? Only female mosquitoes will bite? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I got news for you, bud. <laughs> the one that bit me when I tied my shoe was no lady. <laughs> no kidding, I lost so much blood that finally one mosquito came over and he says, Could you use a transfusion? Us girls are loaded. <laughs> Tides in, dirt's out, tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. Any soap? Yes, any soap. Now hold it there, gal. When you see that smile, I'm from the West where men are men and the women folks are mighty particular. Now you mean the tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap in Texas and all them other 47 suburbs called states? (laughs) That I, she means any soap, any suds, any washing product, new or old, anywhere. Oh. Never in the whole history of wash day has there been anything like Procter & Gamble's Tide. Tide is different from the newest products made for washing clothes. So don't confuse Tide with any other washing product you've ever seen. Tide is different. Nothing you can buy will wash clothes as clean as Tide. Company linens, everyday work clothes, everything. Tide not only leaves them free from dirt, but removes dingy soap film too. A Tide-washed garment is cleaner. Colored clothes are brighter. And in hardest water, Tide gets white clothes whiter than any other washing product known. Yet with all this amazing cleaning power, Tide is truly safe for all your washables. So get Tide. Get the only wash day product you can buy that gives you all this. The cleanest, brightest, whitest wash you ever hung on the line. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a pleasure to introduce the four knights. These group of boys are from Cal- uh, Ca- Ca- Carolina. Sound <laughs> <laughs> like cow pasture. <laughs> These fellows are new to radio, but they've long been one of your favorite uh, Decca recording groups. Uh, that is, uh, they've rec- you've heard them before. <laughs> we think they're swell, and we hope that you'll like them too. We want to see what four GIs can do when they get together. The four knights sing good news. 
There's a long white robe in heaven I know. There's a long white robe in heaven I know. Long white robe in heaven I know. Don't want to leave you behind. Hallelujah, good news. Good news, chariots coming. Good news. Ha ha, chariots coming. Good news. So glad the chariots coming. I don't want to leave you behind. Well, good news. Good news. Chariots coming. Good news. Chariots coming. Good news. There's a starry crown in heaven, I know. There's a starry crown in heaven, I know. 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 The chariots come, and I don't want to leave you behind. Well, well, good news. Good news, the chariots come. Good news. Ha ha, chariots come. Good news. So glad the chariots come, and I don't want to leave you behind. Well, good news. Good news, the chariots come. Good news, good news. I've chariots got good news. news. Good news, the chariots come, and I don't want to leave you behind. I don't want to leave you You will meet sooner or later. Well, I see noises with it. <laughs> a little early tonight, too, by the way. Did you ever meet a new proud father? You know, one of those guys that walks up and forces a cheap cigar on you when the baby's just born? Well, Clem Cadiddlehopper did, and you'll meet a guy like that sooner or later. <laughs> Coming good news. <laughs> well, sir, my summer vacation is over, boy. Just three months of doing absolutely nothing. Now comes nine months of doing the same thing. <laughs> Not that I'm lazy, but nobody seems to have the kind of work I'm fitted for. All the jobs available require getting out of bed. Uh-oh, here comes that old fat belcher. Well, I see he's got another new car. Wonder where he gets all these money, anyhow. Probably got the egg concession wherever Wallace speaks. <laughs> I'm dying to see what happens when he goes to Florida. Them flamingo eggs are big. Howdy, Clem. Well, howdy duty to you, too. Hey, that's a nice car you got there. Well, Clem, ain't you going to congratulate me? Why? We've got a new baby, too. A new baby? Yeah. Well, you got ten kids now. Why didn't you get something more useful? <laughs> Anyway, congratulations. Congratulations. Well, thanks. Here, have a patatella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, patatella. 
Looks like a cigar, don't it? I paid 75 cents a piece for those. They're genuine Havana cured tobacco. Well, I don't think this one was cured. It died, I think. No, no, no. I'll smoke it right after I chisel a dinner somewhere. You know, if you were married, you wouldn't have to chisel your dinner. Oh, yes, I would. The way my girl cooks, a chisel comes in pretty handy. Smoke that cigar now. Here's another one for after dinner. Well, that's mighty neighborly of you. Maybe I smoke it before, I won't have to eat any dinner, huh? I'll get a match out of my pocket here. I'll light it on the seat of my pants. I saw Roy Rogers do that in a picture once, you know. Now, who put that mail in my pocket? Say, what does that baby look like? Well, it's got its mother's mouth, my eyes, its grandfather's nose, and its uncle's ears. Oh? Well, don't you think it would have worked better with all new parts? Here, here's a light for your cigar. Okay. Say, it burns fast, don't it, huh? You're supposed to take the cellophane off first. Oh, what? Get the cigar scorched? (laughs) Are you sure you're all there? No, I don't know. I shaved in a hurry this morning. How many ears have I got? Two. Well, two? Yes. Just as I thought. One got lost in the shuffle, I guess. (laughs) This thing must be wet. It won't like. Bite the end off it. Oh. You must have grown this tobacco in the petrified forest. Now, uh, spit it out, spit it out. Nope. Well, look for the end of that cigar. It must be somewhere among them teeth there. You don't know much about cigars, do you? Hmm? I said you don't know much about cigars. Not after ten years with Raleigh's, no. Him like that. Uh, now you've got your cigar lit. Now keep it going. <coughs> Let's stand around the corner. I think the wind's coming in from the glue factory. Well, I'm. I don't smell anything. No. <laughs> Wait till you see that baby, Clem. Well, you better run and get him. I don't think I'm long for this world. <laughs> There's something wrong with my eyes. They're watering. Well. Close your mouth before you drown. Yeah. You never smoked a cigar before, did no, you? No, I didn't know what I was missing, but I sure wish I had. <laughs> well, it's a good thing they found use for them old army blankets. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to have to throw that thing away. You can't do that. Nobody ever throws those cigars away. Well, that's because they've never had the strength. <laughs> Maybe you'll feel better if you have something to eat. Oh, no, no. Yes, a hamburger. Oh, no, no. Or a bowl of chili. Please, please. <laughs> Don't make things worse. You better move away from me a little bit. <laughs> Just let me turn green on my own. You, uh, you are turning green, aren't you? You ain't looking over a four-leaf clover. <laughs> Let me take a look at you. Mm. you uh, take off your hat and have a little respect for the dead. <laughs> but you are not dead. Well, I can dream, Tanner. 
I'm going to have to sit down for a second. Well, don't sit on the curb. The car might hit you. I wish it would. (laughs) Might settle my stomach. Gee, I'm sorry you don't feel good, Clem. (laughs) Well, anyway, stop over and see the new babies. Oh, no, thanks. No, sir. Anything I can do for you? Yeah, when I get married and have a kid, I want you to send your new baby around. I want to give him his first cigar. I'll fix him for ruining my life. And now Dave Rose and his Procter & Gamble Orchestra play The Donkey Serenade. With so many new washing products on the market today, it's easy to get confused. So I'd like to make this point clear. 
Tide is not one of the many. Tide is different. Different from any other wash day product. Because Tide gets all the family wash cleaner than any soap, any suds, any washing product you can buy. Tide not only leaves your clothes free from dirt, but removes dingy soap film, too. Soap dull colors come to life. Tide actually brightens them. And white things? In hardest water, Tide gets them whiter than any other washing product known. Yet with all this amazing cleaning power, Tide is truly safe for all your washables. And say, Tide gives oceans of different-looking, different-feeling suds, even in hardest water. So try Tide. Of all the wash day products you have to choose from, Tide and only Tide gives all this, the cleanest, brightest, whitest wash you ever hung on the line. A page from the Mean Little Kid's Diary. September 3rd. Dear Widow Diary, I hope nobody ever reads you or they'll find out a terrible secret that I has that I can't write. <laughs> anyway, dear Dolly, I sure was in a mess of trouble today. It started out this morning when my Nemo caused me to get a spanking for no reason at all. Junior, yes? what are you doing? I'm just getting ready to play a game of Edison Roulette. Edison Roulette, yes. Well, what on earth is Edison Roulette? Well, I flip the light switch on and off real fast like this, see? And then I stick my finger in the, in the socket to see if it's on. Now watch now. Ah! Yeah, yeah. Don't yell, you scared me too. <laughs> Don't you ever stick your finger in the light socket. Oh? You might cause a short and blow out a fuse. Yes. <laughs> Boy, you sure does love me, don't you? You better be nice to me, all kiddo. I'll tell Pop that you pick his pockets when he's asleep. I never went near your father's okay. pockets. You don't? Well, you should have last night because he had ten dollars in them. Ten dollars? Yeah. Well, that's funny. I only found six. Case dismissed. Step <laughs> down, please. Step now, down. look, that's Smarty that's... Pants, your grandmother's waiting breakfast for you. Oh? Now, get yourself upstairs and wash your hands yes. and hurry back down here. Wash? Again? I washed yesterday. <laughs> but today is another day. But I'm the same kid. <laughs> Keep on, and I'm going to tell your father about you. You mean he's been around here all this time and he don't know about me yet? <laughs> now, Junior, I said go wash up. And if you're a good boy, yes. use plenty of soap and water. Yes. I'll let you watch the television set tonight. Television? Don't you think I was a little young to be sitting around in bar rooms? <laughs> Okay, I'm going. I'm going up there and watch. I'm going to wash my hands and face. I'm going to wash my hands and face. I'm going to. Oh, there's my new invention I've been working on right out there in the open with some. Good morning, Junior. Hello, kid. Now don't look at me, invention. Please don't look at me, new invention. Oh, you have an invention. Yes, 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 an invention. Don't you tell me. I tell you, Josie. All right. It's a time saver for washing windows. Really? Yes, yes, yes. Well, it looks like a bar of soap to me. It is, it is. But oh. with my invention, you don't have to take the wrappers off, slap up your rugs or, with water or nothing. Why, that's wonderful, yes. dear. How does it work? Well, it's simple. You see that dirty window over there? Yes. Well, you just take the widow bar of soap in your hand like that and you throw it. No! <laughs> see, no dirty window. <laughs> What about 
the broken window. After all, you can't break windows in the house, every one of them. Oh, I could force myself. Oh, honestly. <laughs> I'm sure there isn't another child like you in the whole world. Well, don't it make you proud you know me? Huh? <laughs> Let's eat our breakfast. Okay. Hey, Nemo, can, can I have some stale eggs for breakfast? You mean two or three days old? Oh, I like them a lot staler than that. I like them so stale that they're chickens. <laughs> Can I have some eggs, Nemo? No, sorry, dear. You're going to have what I'm going to have. No, but I want some eggs. Now, I never get no eggs no more. I want some eggs. I need vitamins and stuff for me with the water. <laughs> you give me some eggs or I'm going to tell you. <laughs> You're going to tell what? I'll think of something. <laughs> Mind helping me out? I'm lost. <laughs> I would tell. I I want you to know I appreciate that. <laughs> if you ever get lost in time when we're on the show, you just let me know and I will point it out for you. Oh. <laughs> I will be your slave for life now. <laughs> Let me be your slave. Let me run out and get you a beer or something. <laughs> no. No, no, I'm going to tell. You're going to tell what? I'll tell everybody that you was a southern belle when Grant took Richmond. Oh, good heavens, I'm not that old. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Pardon me, ma'am. The general would like the next poker with you. Sorry, but I ain't dancing with no Yankees. See? <laughs> Mother. Oh, no, no. Doreen. Oh, no, not Doreen. Yes, Mother, yes. Come here. Oh. Now, what has the economy-size Frankenstein done? <laughs> you just have to take your son in hand. Not only did he sass me, but he broke a window. That's exactly what Junior. Do you have anything to add to that? Hmm? Do you have anything to add to that? Not right now, but the day is still young. Junior, come here. No. You'll never take me alive! Now, look, heel fields. I'll get you a brother. When I call you, I want you to come here now. How can anybody laugh when they're mad? <laughs> no, 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 don't, don't, don't you dare. Oh, no, 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 no. You hit me. You practiced me clavicle. You don't even know where your clavicle is. Yes, I does. It's right where you spanked me. Your clavicle's nowhere near there. That's where I hit it when I saw you coming. Mother, will you please look after him while I answer the phone? I got your whipping. It's all you fought now, Ma. Well, you just mark it in your widow book, kiddo. If we're not friends from now on, no longer friends. I could leave him with her. The last thing I... Oh, there's her breakfast all laid out on the table. Coffee and some toast. Fine. Now, I could fill the sugar bowl with some salt. <laughs> and put some pepper in the coffee pot, maybe. And just to top it all off good, maybe a little glue in the marmalade. <laughs> now, of course, if I do this, you're going to beat me to death. I know that, you then again, they might figure that that other whipping was enough for one day. Then again, nothing ventures, nothing gains. <laughs> I'm going to be a sport about this and do it. 
That's a nice pinch, I think. <laughs> now a little glue in the marmalade. My, look at that. That's what Pierre would say. A little glue in the marmalade. Yes. Runs off with snow, don't it? <laughs> oh, 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 here she comes. I better hide under the table. Every man's for himself now. <laughs> oh, he's not here. Yeah. Oh, the poor little darling. Poor little darling, that old muffety guff. <laughs> All will soon be forgiven. I hope she remembers that. <laughs> I guess I'll have to eat alone. Oh, I do enjoy breakfast. It always picks me up. Yeah? <laughs> this one's going to pick her up and knock her down again. <laughs> oh, she's pouring the pepper coffee in the cup. Oh, two teaspoons full of salt. Oh, the toast is just right. Now for my favorite marmalade. Oh, my goodness. She's going to bite that toast. Oh, don't look! Listen, my, my tongue is stuck to the roof of my plate! Coffee! Coffee! Good heavens! An eternal hot foot! Junior, come here to me! Oh, yeah. Mommy! Mommy! Namor's after me! She's after me! What for? What's gotten into her? Pepper, salt, and glue! <laughs> I booby trapped her breakfast for her! Now, you let me handle this, Mother. Now, now, Mommy, control yourself. Count to ten. Count to ten. Yes, Lorene, yes. count to ten. Count to ten. And just be sure you don't make any mistakes. Yes. Use him for the scoreboard. Yes, me, but All no, right. no, no. Oh. One, two, no, 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 no. I never thought I'd wind up a victim of the numbers racket. <laughs> Thanks for being with us tonight, and we hope you liked our program well enough to be with us next week. So until next Friday, this is Red Skelton saying thanks for listening and thanks for buying more and more of that Voice Day miracle, Tide. Tide's in. Dirt's out. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. T-I-D-E. Tide. Procter & Gamble invites you to join us again with Red Skelton next Friday. Now stay tuned to The Life of Riley, which follows immediately. Red Skelton is heard on this program through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Stay tuned in. I'm going over on the Life of Riley show. Life of Riley's coming right on. Stay in. Go away. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to be serious for one half a minute. You know that millions of people in Europe need our help. You can send that help personally through the organization called CARE. C-A-R-E. CARE provides a non-profit service to you to help you help them. For just $10, CARE will deliver a big food or textile package in your name to anyone you select in 14 European countries. Send your order today to CARE. 
C-A-R-E, at 50 Broad Street, New York City. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Just this magazine, Mrs. Burns. There's a wonderful article in this issue about the shortage of husbands. About the shortage of husbands? Yes. It says that there are now three women for every man in this country. Three women for every man? Well, if that's true, there must be two other women who want my husband. I don't think that's very likely. (laughs) Isn't isn't that what the article says? Three women for every man? Yes. So that's the plot for this week's George Burns and Gracie Allen episode, which is from September 7th, 1943. So Gracie's going to try and fix that, (laughs) as if she really could. But as you might expect, though, during this time, there was a lot shortage of a lot of things. Gasoline, meat, fish, chicken, clothing. So they're... The American public were out of a lot of things and were anxious for the war to end, but it not at this point in time in 1943. So enjoy this episode, and I'll be back next week with another George Burns Gracie Allen episode. Makers of Swan, the new white floating soap that's purer than finest Castile. Well, it's Tuesday night again. Time for another pleasant visit with George Burns and Gracie Allen, Jimmy Cash, the Swan Tet, and Felix Mills and his orchestra. And now, meet the people who live in the Burns house, George and Gracie. Now it's morning at the Burns house, and Gracie is just coming downstairs. George is in the living room reading the morning paper, his feet comfortably perched on an antique rosewood coffee table. Good morning, dear. Well, good morning, sir. George Burns. Huh? Get your great big feet off that table. Okay, okay. Hmm, that's better. My mother gave me that table, and when you put your feet on it, it's just like putting your feet on my mother. (laughs) It, uh, it is? It doesn't... George Burns, get your feet off that table. I'm sorry. Well, you should be. Who has to polish this furniture every day? Who scrubs it and rubs it and wipes it? Well... Well, what if you do? Keep your big feet off it. Yes, dear. The idea of a grown man putting his feet on the table. Yes, dear. That's a beautiful table. That's what I get for letting you keep your number 18 stamp. Yes, dear. Oh, you Gracie, will you answer the door? All right. Sometimes I wish I was single again. Single women never have any trouble with their husbands. Good morning, Mrs. Burns. Oh, hello. Hello, Mr. Postman. Is something wrong, Mrs. Burns? You appear upset. 
Uh, Mr. Postman, do you ever sit around the house with your feet on a table? Oh, my goodness, no. Mine are always in the tub of hot Epsom salt. Oh, my. Oh, I'm not sure I'd like that either. My wife gave me a beautiful tub for my last birthday. It's even got my initials on it. Of course, I only use that one when we have company. Yes, naturally. Any mail first this morning? Just this magazine, Mrs. Burns. There's a wonderful article in this issue about the shortage of husbands. About the shortage of husbands? Yes. It says that there are now three women for every man in this country. Three women for every man? Well, if that's true, there must be two other women who want my husband. I don't think that's very likely. the article says? Three women for every man? Yes. Say, I never thought of it that way. If every man has three women, he can... That is... Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, this is terrible. I don't want George to go around yahooing. Oh, I don't blame you. Oh, and to think I've been fussing at him. Oh, Mr. Postman, I've got to see that my husband doesn't leave me for one of my rivals. Well, good luck, Mrs. Burns. And remember, come what may, keep smiling. <laughs> oh, George. Now what? Put your feet on the table. <laughs> huh? I said put your feet on the table. But you just bawled me out because I did. I know, and I was wrong, dear. Imagine me bawling out the sweetest, kindest, handsomest man in the whole world. That's me? Well, <laughs> oh, of course it is. I'm mad about you, dear. Well, I wouldn't swap you for Gary Cooper and Paul Henry and Charles Boyer all put together. Well, that's nice. Well, what would I have if I put them together? Just a tall, skinny man with two accents. <laughs> Uh, Gracie. I'm mad about you, dear. You let other people dream about finding a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. Our marriage was my rainbow, and you were the pot I found. <laughs> now, now, see here. Oh, please, put your feet on the table. Go on, put them up. Well, okay, if you insist. Oh, how beautiful. What's, what's beautiful? Your precious little feet. Gracie. I'm not a <laughs> You make me tingle. Well, you weren't tingling a few minutes ago. You were scared I might scratch the table your mother gave us. Oh, poof. My mother's not so much. What? Remember what you called her once? Yeah, I remember. Well, you can call her that any time you like. <laughs> you can even call her what she calls you. I'd rather not. And what's more, my mother gave us this toaster, didn't she? That's right. Well, if you want, you can put your foot on the table and the other foot in the toaster. Gracie. I'm not about I know, I know. Uh, are you by any chance building up to a new hat? No, no. All I want is you. The, the touch of your lips upon my brow. The touch of your feet upon my furniture. <laughs> Look, Gracie, I'm I mean, not you're mad about me. Oh, even the sound of your voice makes me tingle. 
that I throw something green man make me single. Oh, nuts. <laughs> Will you please explain what this is all about? Good morning, people. Got a spare cup of coffee for a pal? Oh, sure, Bill. Sit down. Say, what's the idea of sitting there with your feet propped up, George? Oh, that's so I can see them better. Aren't they cute? Oh, yeah. Very, very attractive dog. If you hung a flask of brandy on his ankle, I'd swear they were St. Bernard. <laughs> You're very sharp. George, uh, why don't you take your newspaper into the den? I, I want to talk to Bill privately. Okay. See you later, funny man. So long, Garbo. <laughs> What's on your mind, Gracie? Oh, Bill, I'm terribly worried. There are two women who threatened to break up my home. What? You, you mean they're after... Yes. All that a woman holds dear, my most priceless possession. Oh, shame on them. Taking away a woman's swan soap. Well, <laughs> oh, don't they realize what swan means to you? Why, swan is four soaps in one. The soap for your hands and face, for bathing the baby, the soap for your dishes and for your light laundry. Four swell soaps in one. But, Bill, they're not after my swan soap. They're after my husband. Oh. Gee, for a minute you had me worried. Oh, Bill. How could any woman stoop so low as to steal my joy? Well, now, Gracie. And to think I was, I was mean to the poor darling. I wouldn't let him put his little feet on the living room table. I wouldn't let him talk about my mother. And last night I wouldn't, oh, I'm ashamed to say it. What, Gracie? I wouldn't let him wash the dishes with Swan. Gracie! I lost my head. I was a selfish little fool. I saw that dishpan full of lovely white Swan suds, and I wanted it all for myself. Impetuous girl! probably lose their heads over it. But but tell me, what about these two women who are after George? Who are they? I don't know yet. You see, it says in this magazine that there are now three women for every man. Mm. Gee, that's going to be tough on Tommy Manville. <laughs> You'll have to cut down, huh? Say, I have an idea. I'll pick out George's other two women myself. But Gracie... I'll call a matrimonial agency, get their two ugliest old maids, and have them fight with George. Couldn't happen to a sweeter guy. Oh. Naturally, George will turn them down, and then I'll have him all to myself. Gosh, you, you kind of love him, don't you, Grace? Oh, Bill, I'd rather be Mrs. George Burns than Mrs. Franklin Roosevelt. Really? Sure. You know how I hate to travel. <laughs> Oh. 
there being three women for every man in the country really scared Gracie. She decided to pick out George's other two women herself and thus make sure they were no competition. Hey, Bill, I called the matrimonial agency and they're sending over two old mates for me to interview. Oh, a couple of old crows, huh? Oh, yes. The man at the agency said that these two had not even been whistled at by sailors. <laughs> Gracie, tell me, why are you doing all this? You won't lose, George. Oh, but I can't take a chance, Bill. Not after all the trouble I had getting him. You had trouble? Getting George? Oh, my, yes. I coaxed, I begged, I pleaded. I even got down on my knees. Oh, and that did it, huh? Yeah. Mother finally gave in. <laughs> Gracie, when do these sick chicks arrive? Well, they'll be here any minute. <laughs> oh, oh, and that reminds me, we better get George out of the house before they get here. Okay, I'll ask him to leave with me. Oh, no, Bill. You have to be subtle with George. If he knows we want him to leave, he won't go. Oh, you have to be subtle, huh? Yeah. Uh, watch how I handle it. Um, George. What? Here's your hat. <laughs> I don't want my hat. I'm not going anyplace. Oh. Well, he didn't get it, Bill. It, it was too subtle. Yeah. Well, well, we'll have to think of something else. Well, I know. George loves those lectures you're always taking him to. Lectures? Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Oh, lectures. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, that'll do it. Say, George, um, they're having a very interesting... Um, Lecture this afternoon. Would you like to go? We can't, Bill. Uh, the lecture hall is closed. They're repairing the runway. <laughs> oh. Uh, Bill, did I hear George say runway? Oh, oh yes. That's um, that's the lecturer, Wendell Runway. He's um, he's an authority on all the new movements. Oh. <laughs> well, we better think of something. Those dames will be here any minute. Yeah, I think I've got it. You know George's weakness. Which one? The big one. He loves to sing. I don't get it. Oh, watch this. Uh, George. Now what? Um, the fellows at the cigar store just phoned. They're still arguing about who won that singing contest. You or Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I thought that was all settled last week. Oh, I guess not. They want you to come down and sing for them right now. I don't go around singing in cigar stores. Are they taking me for a big show-off? And besides, I don't want to rub it in. Sinatra was a good loser. Well, all right, dear. Didn't work, Gracie. That's right. It won't be long now. <laughs> Funny thing. I just noticed I was out of cigars. Oh, really? Well, like Jackie Horner in the corner, don't go nowhere and I don't care. <laughs> oh, Bill. Isn't he an adorable ham? Yeah, Gracie. Wasn't it cute when he put on his coat and three cigars dropped out of his pocket? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's probably one of the women from the matrimonial bureau. Yeah, I'll, I'll look out the window and see. <laughs> oh, good. They sent just what I wanted. Well, they certainly did. Goodbye and good luck. Hello. Did you call the matrimonial agency for a marriageable female? Well, yes, yes, I did. Well, I'm ready, willing, and able. Well, I'm sure you're ready and willing. Won't you come in? <laughs> now, Miss, um, Miss Simpson, Salome Simpson. Oh, my, what a pretty name, Salome. Did your mother name you that? Yes, a fat lot she knew. Why, uh, how old are you, Miss Simpson? I'm going on 23. 
Yeah, but where are you coming from? <laughs> well, if you want the truth, I'm approximately 25. Yeah, but how old are you exactly? 49. <laughs> oh, well, there's no need to lie about your age, Miss Simpson. I think it's silly. I'm 18 and I don't care who knows it. <laughs> If I was 18, I wouldn't either. I think you're just the type I'm looking for. Uh, would you like to know something about the man you're to propose to? I don't ask no questions. Just bring him on. <laughs> well, he, he's not here right now, but that's his picture over on the piano. That's him? Yes. Has he got me money? Well, I'm sure... Oh, there's another one. You leave by the back door, Miss Simpson. And if you'll be here at exactly five o'clock, you can propose to him. Yes, ma'am. Goodbye. Come in. Well, where is he? Oh, oh you're from the matrimonial bureau? Yeah, they said you were looking for an ugly woman with a horrible figure and no sex appeal. Yes, yes, that's right. Well, any complaints? Oh, no, 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 you're, you're perfect. Here, let me take your hat and broomstick. That's my umbrella. Oh, yes. Well, you're just what I want. You're, uh, desperate, aren't you? Lady, I'll marry anything that walks on two feet and has whiskers. Oh, my, I'm lucky you didn't meet the one who just left. Well, if you got back at exactly... You'll uh, be back at ten minutes after five. You can propose to your man. I'll be here with bells on. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. You make enough noise as it is. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Would you mind leaving right away by the back door? Huh? I, I see someone coming. Please, right out that way. Okay, I'll be back at ten after five. Good. Hello, oh, dear. Well, it's my great, big, strong, handsome lover. Yeah, that's me. Say, I went down to the cigar store and nobody... Who just went out the back door? Uh, what, dear? Who just left? Oh, uh, my mother? Uh, that was not your mother. You're... She only arrives. She never leaves. Ah, uh, uh, you're too smart for me, George. I can't fool you, can I? Don't like you, can't. <laughs> you catch me every time, don't you? You bet I do. <laughs> that wasn't my mother. I know it wasn't. That was a grocer with five pounds of butter. That's better. You can't fool me, you know. <laughs> Felix Mills and his orchestra, and tonight with the Twantet, a new and different Darktown Strutters Ball.
Honest, George? Honest. It wouldn't matter if there were a hundred women for every man. I'd never leave you. You really mean that? Of course I do. Well, then take the great big seat off that table. <laughs> think that if they spend a lot of time with their hands in soap and water, washing dishes, doing light laundry and housework, they're bound to have rough red hands. Well, that's not true. Those rough red hands are often due to two things. The water's too hot, and the soap you use is too hot. Next time, try using lukewarm water and Twan soap. Twan doesn't need scorching hot water to give you loads of suds. And Twan is so mild, so gentle, that it actually helps protect your hands, helps keep them looking lovely. So try doing your housework and giving your hands a beauty treatment at the same time. Try Swan. We're late, folks. Good night. The makers of Swan, the new white floating soap, join George and Gracie in inviting you to tune in to your CBS station again next week, same time. And we'll have as our guest star, Diane Dunlap. And now until next week, this is Bill Goodwin saying, Well, I, Swan, how about you? Good night. The preceding has been... Radio Production.